Greetings and salutations. Welcome, uh, Reverend Jermaine. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? So, welcome back, everyone. This is the Creamy Dreamy Show with your wonderful host, CJ Cummings, Creamy Dreamy, The Phoenix. Um, So much has gone on lately. And <laughs> I gotta get this shit off my chest. So today, um, we're having, I love having, I just really kind of feel like you should just be on all my, um, my conversations. <laughs> Our report is so great, but today is going to be a little bit of slight, you know, airing of drama and shit like that, because, uh, excuse my language, a bitch tried me. But Ooh. this one is not really going to get into that. My other one that I'm going to talk about, the disrespect, is going to get deeper than that. This one, and why I have a guest, is to balance out the energy and to kind of have some serious conversations about it. So our topic today is the audacity of accountability, self-reflection, and also how people, how everybody plays a part in that. But before we get started, this is my wonderful co-host today, Reverend Jermaine. I love him. I love his energy. I'll let him introduce himself. And just everything that's going on with him. And as I always say, something that you're grateful or something that you're aspiring for or what the, what today has been. Hey, everybody. So um, I'm Jermaine D.M.R. Green, a.k.a. Reverend Jermaine, a.k.a. so many other things. Um, a.k.a. the Emerald Enigma. So many things. So, so, so many things. So the one thing I'm grateful for is the fact that I had the ability to rise the fact that I have the ability to glow and the fact I have the ability in the midst of those two amazing things to flow. Flow with this day, glow with the fact that I like me and I know me and to rise with the awareness that I have another day to be a greater version of myself and to improve on what was, to make what is. So I'm excited. So yeah, that that that's... And then all the other things I got going on T-Door, uh, Trans Awareness, all that great stuff. And, and uh, oh, oh, look out, because, you know, you're, you're amazing, Creamy Dreamy, the Phoenix at Rise, which will be uh, one of the amazing panelists next week on a panel discussing uh, gender neutral, gender non-binary, two-spirited, gender non-conforming, and uh, gender non-binary people. I cannot wait! Yes, because baby, for anybody. So I'm excited. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, since this plug, but connects back to this and then also speaks about the fact of rising, glowing, and flowing. But yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. And side note for anybody that's listening that knows me, I always am an avid um, open person about feminine, masculine, androgyny, all of that. Because that is me, you know, I am not um, privy to one or the other. I am who I am and I've always been that. And so I, when this conversation is had, <laughs> um, I love it. I mean, to me, I'm always talking about things like that. Um, but I appreciate you being here. The focus of this conversation, so um, being a little bit transparent, there has been so much going on with, um, I had this conversation on Bego or this um, website with some people just about how people are representing themselves and how they treat you and the lack of compassion and stuff. And it was really kind of hurting my feelings for the moment with friendships, with lovers, all of that. 
I'm not going to get into the juicy details of the other situation. That one is going to be left um, for a solo rant and rave. But it's just for me, you know, the audacity of people really posing to be something. I'm not that type of person. When it comes to a man, when it comes to a friend, I'm not possessive as people think as Capricorns are. My thing is, I just want your sincerity. And the lack of time, you know, the lack of support, it, it really hurts my feelings because it's like, you can do whatever it is that you choose to do. Don't pose to be something to me or say that we're something and then all along, you're doing all this other stuff because then I, you lose my trust and I'm looking at you like, what is wrong with you? But what I had to sit and reflect on is, what did I do to allow these action these things like what would make them think that they could do anything like that or if or maybe they didn't care and so when I was having this conversation about audacity I was like yeah people the audacity of a lot of people in this time frame playing with people's hearts playing with people's emotions I have been posting these comments on mine of is everybody just fucking everybody now like shit like not that I have anything wrong with that but it's like damn every time I turn around it's a situation of just the moving away from what people, their actions and their words are not matching up. And that's where I say the audacity. And even with myself, I had to really, I finally had to vocalize. And of course, you know, as nice as I am for anybody listening, do not piss me off because <laughs> baby, um, my words are quite vicious when I am provoked. Nevertheless, um, I just would like your input in situations like that. Like, I really had to go through a state of healing. I was on a staycation. I did, for me as a spiritual person, shadow work is is a psychological spiritual work of, like, moving within the realms of pain and things like that. So I wrote some letters addressing things and was releasing that. And then, boom, everything that I had been done and manifesting just brought everything else out. Of course, I love truth. Um, but this particular person, I, I, I just... Jealousy to me is something I don't really get because for my mindset, it's like, you don't have to be jealous of me. You can have the same fucking things that I have, you know, work on yourself, do what you need to do for yourself. But people are jealous. And sometimes you get people that are jealous that you would never think. And that is not the definitive term of audacity, but that is why I have the wonderful Reverend, you know, Jermaine Green here to give a more concrete you know, explanation of these terms and these labels and things like that or these situations when it comes to how are people dealing with situations where you feel like somebody mistreated you in some type of way and acknowledging or being holding yourself accountable or all parties accountable of the, the parts that we play in, the, in that hurt and that trauma and that, and that feud in that situation. Okay, so... Uh... <laughs> so the, the framing it with the sense of audacity uh the willingness to take risks that is that takes a rather to take bold risk mm -hmm. to be your authentic self is taking a bold risk to share your authentic self with the world the universe the multiverse is literally an act on, of audacity. And I don't think we are always, risk come with a possibility of getting hurt. Risk the possibility yeah. of shooting to the stars and just doing amazing things and blowing up. 
But the fact is for a majority of people, when they are being their audacious self, the that risk that. of getting hurt and devastated because one doesn't understand and one will remind you of who you used to be forces people into this space that they rather not take risks. It's just like investments. You become an ultra conservative investor of whom you are when you show up in the world. So your audacity has shifted to this very conservative place that only in these little micro spaces am I going to be the bold risk of being my full self. So that can show up like, yeah, I'm honest and I'm forthcoming and I'm real. But I've realized when I've been forthcoming and real and my true bold self, there's been folks that have come at me and clapped on me and tried to drag me because of that. That bothers me because at the end of the day, no matter how strong a person is, they're human. What does that mm-hmm. mean? You get hurt. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? You feel pain. What does that mean? You get discouraged. What does that mean? Disappointed. What does that mean? Your heart may get a chip because you opened up to love because you were your you had the audacity to be who you really were. That's real. So it becomes that whole concept. The strongest people hurt. The so-called weakest people hurt. How do we then? create an environment, a society where we nurture the fact that we can be fully us. That even the strongest people, like they say, they've started this whole concept in during COVID. Those strong people that you always pick stuff on that carries the weight of everything, check on those people. Yes, check on the folks that you always know going through something, can't deal with it. But those strong, strong folks, check on them now. Because this is a season that they're going to need somebody to check on because they carry it all. Because they're always there for somebody else. The fact that you took a staycation and you disconnected and allowed yourself to self-love and do the inner work to sit there and allow your audacious self to be recharged and reformed and evolved, that's amazing. Because if the world took that concept on, we wouldn't have such bitter people. If... And, and real quick, um, Jermaine, I had to because, and that is the point, everything you're saying is just like, oh my God, you're hitting so close to home because I am that person that carries the weight of the world. I'm loving a person that's betraying me. I'm loving a friend that's backed away. Like I'm all these things for everybody. And I was supposed to go out of town. And my spirit, I think the goddess, something said, no. I could have pressured you know, the man to pay for my ticket. I could have, but I stopped. I've been moving differently because for me, I'm always giving so much and doing so much. And it's not that I can't, but who the hell is going to, you know, who's going to do for me? And so I'm in this space of submission and need and stuff, not because I actually need, but I need to take some of that weight off of myself. And that was really when I realized audacity goes, or as you said, audacious goes both ways. Because for me, I had the audacity to sit here and think once again that people could be as amazing as Dreamy is. That's not taking anything from everybody else, but you ain't Dreamy. Um, you know, you're not CJ. You're not me and, and vice versa. I am not meant to, people are not meant to do the things that I do. I am an extremely compassionate, invested person. I can expect that from everybody. Is it me really realizing or, or understanding how people move in their ways to be able to do that? Yes. But I had to take a break. I was so overwhelmed and did not realize it 
emotionally because it wasn't my emotion that I was dealing with. It was everyone else's, you know, being an empath, being a spiritual advisor, or just even professionally being that person everybody comes to. Uh, I had to take a break. And lately I've been doing it. I have been tuning out like the past couple of days. I just got off and just went to sleep um, because when I return, there's a great need for me. And that's where I started really sitting and, and, and playing with the process of why people do the things that they do and what I'm allowing or how to go about it a different way so I can balance and protect my energy and my heart. But baby, at the end of the day, um, on the other side, <laughs> and just so I know, I had to go off like I have never had to go off before because the audacious audacity of that person, excuse my language, was bitch, you got the wrong motherfucking one. I have worked too motherfucking hard to get to where I'm at for, excuse my language, a basic bitch to come at me like that. And <laughs> I don't normally say things like that, but it's like, Dolly, you know, walk a mile in my fucking shoes and you'll understand. I choose to be a person of light and peace and all of that because there's no benefit sometimes. Like sometimes you got to say what you need to say. And I did that time. I ain't got time to be going to jail. So um, I quickly, you know, cleared things up, you know, Reverend Jermaine. Um, that, ain't, that ain't my life no more. Um, and so for me, but it's like, you didn't have to do that. I sat here allowing you to pour your heart and your soul and you betrayed and did things that I have mentioned many a times before. I, I, I have no exception for my business should not be aired in that way. Even when I'm talking on my podcast and stuff like that, I don't talk completely about everything. I'm a private person. I talk about things in transparency when they need to, but that was something that I didn't give permission to be discussed or my name mentioned. And it pissed me off. And I was like, and for my other podcast that I do, I will actually go into full, you know, context on that. But for me, this point, as a healing person, as a person that holds myself accountable, as an emotionally mature person, I'm always in the point of before I can point fingers or before I can do this, let me check myself. How did I play my part in this? And that's true growth. That's really being an adult and being a man or just being a human, as you say, Reverend Jermaine, and growth is, well, what part did I play? Why did they feel comfortable with even thinking they could do anything like that? Or are they just the type of person that's so audaciously um, unaccountable or so immature, which they are, that they don't care about nobody's feelings? Um, but when with people listening, I just want them to take more responsibility for themselves and their lives and how they approach things. And also understanding that some people are just, I'm still dealing with it, but fucking demons. And I don't use that term like that, but some people are chaotic. And until they start holding themselves accountable, until they start understanding what audacity is and self-reflection, and just like talking to a brick wall. So accountability. So here's something that um, I have begun in my own personal journey to strive for. Um, and I've done it in, in moments. It's to see the situations that I go through as moments of growth for me. So, like, churchy folks are quick to say, oh, it works out for my good. Yeah, that's a wonderful phrase. But to put that into action is something very different. 
I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. No, I'm just saying because it's, it becomes those weird moments with there's these amazing catchphrases that uh, Christians say. Like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That that sounds really amazing. That sounds awesome. But to put that into action means the person that broke your heart, that's a weapon. It, it affected you. It impacted you. But it can't prosper. So how does it not prosper? Can you take it as a learning lesson for you to develop and for you to evolve? That's not the always the easiest thing. But mm-hmm. in my process of striving to like become this more evolved, enlightened person, it's me looking at my life experiences and the stuff that I go through with individuals. How does this make me a better version of Jermaine? So that when this shows up again, I have a different way of engaging it than I did before. Every now and then, just, and I'm constantly doing like these weird connections. Every now and then you got to flip some tables for the change, for the change makers in your temple. Your temple being your body, your temple being your form. Every now and then, there's a need to turn some tables. But what do you learn from turning the tables? What's the lesson that's coming out from the fact that you had to flip some tables? Because every now and then, that needs to happen. Because folks will feel they can exchange your your currency, your, your intellectual property, and then there's nothing that comes from it every now and then that's possible but again what are we learning from ourselves in reference to that and how are we being accountable to ourselves to learn and evolve each time around because we have an obligation to ourselves that every like i said in the beginning every time we wake up we have the opportunity to be a better version of ourselves and that's not always easy because it hurts and listen here universe multiverse reverend jermaine is not saying that you wake up everybody and you act like none of the traumas and none of the pain of your past and nothing that that child said to you at four o'clock in the morning in that text message to continue a conversation that you was finished with is supposed to affect you like that didn't happen that's a lie well, I was about to say something else that I don't ever say. That's a lie. Let's just leave it at that. Go on and say it to me. Let's hear it all I don't ever say no foolish shenanigans, kafunery like that, because that, those are the languages that were used to hurt people. But the fact is, how do we do? How do we take a break and begin to love on ourselves? How do we take a break to forgive ourselves? How do we take a break to look in the mirror and love on ourselves when all that stuff happens? Because that's real. When do we take a, a break to be like, listen, I need to call my therapist because if not, I'm shaking tables, I'm turning chairs, I'm flipping cars, I'm throwing bombs, and I'm doing a whole lot of stuff. Child may poison that heifer. Before we get to that point, how do we disconnect from it all and then allow ourselves to be recharged? How do we connect back into our support system? That's nothing. Build support systems. So that when those moments happen and you want to clap, you want to rip, child, you want to do a fatality like Mortal Kombat 11. You want to rip somebody's larynx out and let them know or tear their heart out and let them see it beaten and then mush them in the face and let them drop. You want to rip their head. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm describing all the fatalities from Mortal Kombat. That's right. You rip someone's head off and their entire spinal cord is still connected. Yes, every now and then we want to go there. Every now and then we may go there, but how do we then become a better version of ourselves after that? How do we take that as a learning lesson? What about that scenario hurt us so bad that we felt the need and hurt in our beings finish them? 
What was the thing? How do we learn from that? Because the thing is, that means for that moment, we yielded, we opened ourselves up for someone else to be able to impact us in ways that was not necessary. But that's fine. Again, necessary. How do we learn from ourselves? How do we move on? How do we become accountable to ourselves and our life lessons and who do we let in and who we don't let in? How do we become obligated to be our better selves? How do we become a obligated to be audacious every day and be bold and take risks because no lie going through some stuff like that creamy you took a risk you were your audacious self and you took a risk you allowed yourself to be a level of reciprocity mutual two-way street conversation and pouring out pouring in and you said something to a person and then they took that information because as they were not obligated to what you were sharing in the sense that they had a responsibility. They didn't see their responsibility. They were just present because they needed something from you. Regardless of what well, and I but real quick, and I, I will go over it later on, but this was a situation where and this is the thing about audacity. Like, I love the way that you said that because this is why so many people draw to my, my energy and stuff because I'm a living example of, you know, the fact that there you do need to go through certain things so you can have a better understanding of how you're supposed to move and stuff. But this is somebody that I realized the whole time wanted what I had or didn't respect who I was and what was around me when I was engaged with someone else and all this and was a user. And the audacity on my end was for me to already know and sense this energy and think that I could I could do something for this person. Had me getting ready. I mean, I like you said, I love having my support system and in the place that I am and being able to reach out to people and stuff because I was gonna beat that bitch's ass. And I, for viewers, all of that, y'all probably if y'all haven't heard me, but if y'all know me, I come from the hood. I, I fought all my all life. My life, I had to oh. fight. And so for me, it's like, I love being a professional. I love being a person of light. But don't you by any means think if I'm backed up against the wall, I won't fuck your whole goddamn world up. I'm not that type of person that's turned the other damn cheek or whatever. I'm the type of person that I'm a match your energy. Does that mean that I have to fight you physically? Does that mean that I have to? It means no. I'm a match your energy. So I'm going to say what the hell I got to say and let you know I'm not. I tried. And I was willing to be that person that compromised or be that person that stood by you. But the audacity on the other end is I'm so sick and tired of people speaking that they need this support and that and they turn around and do the fucking opposite. So my audacity and my accountability is taking time for myself, letting that go. Because there are going to be a whole bunch of other people that are going to need me that are going to appreciate what I do. And for those people that don't, that's they like. I've always said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So if you want to destroy your own fucking life, by all means. When I do spiritual readings and stuff like that, I'm not the type of person that says, oh, your life is going to be dark. You're going to die. This is I give you warnings. I give you enlightenment. And my response is, you have every opportunity to change your fate. But it's up to you. I'm not here as spiritual people in my realm we can manipulate, we can influence, but it's not about control. You have the power to do whatever it is that you want to do. But if you think you're going to come in my life, 
Phoenix, the dream, the dream witch, the Phoenix rising, all of that, and think you gone, honey. One thing's for certain, one thing's for sure. I ain't creamy dreaming for nothing, honey. My skills are quite marvelous indeed. And <laughs> I have not came this far for anybody to think that you can do anything like that. But Reverend Jermaine, the whole point of me having conversations like that and me doing things is because I'm human. I'm not perfect. And it helps me check myself and understand my role in this. So like you said, the next time, it won't happen the same way. This situation compared to in the past would have been me fighting and beating the shit out of, or, or I'm not saying I would have won every fight, but it would have been a knockdown drag out situation. That's exhausting. I don't understand how, you know, certain people all their lives can flow. As you, I'm gonna use the word flow. Can flow through life having so much chaos and disruption, but vocalize they're so tired of this and that and keep doing it. It's not a judgment for me. It's the point of change your fucking life. I'll come harsh when it comes to conversations like that because my thing is, as I said, all my life I had to fight. I've been through so much shit. And when I talk to people about it, sometimes they're so surprised. But I did what I needed to do to have the life that I wanted. I did what I, I wanted to do so I could have the things that I need and vice versa. And so for me, with the situation, with these relationships, like everything, I'm blessed. My friendships are my friendships. My lovers are my lovers. My family is my family. And I say that in that sense because I'm not here to, in my audacity, make anybody anything that they're not. But in their audacity, for me, it's understanding and recognizing that at an earlier point so I can be able to move away from it. And and I mean, I'm human. Like, I did, like the shit I said, Jermaine, and I meant every damn word of it. All of it. You vile and disgusting human being. I'm just playing, y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing, but I love so hard that when you intentionally say things in your audacity, audacity that target things about me that you don't realize that I've healed from, it's like, okay, let me put that mirror back on you. But I felt some type of way as a, a leader, as a person within myself that this is another lesson. Because for me, I apologize to my founder of my tribe because I'm like, I knew this. And yet I still allowed this person to take me even a little bit there. This next time it won't happen with them. And that's the thing about healing and stuff is they will no longer have that power again. Could I eventually go through things like that with somebody else? Yes, because I'm learning their energy. I'm learning them. But it won't happen to that context. Um, and so no, no, no. I mean, so because not th that's true. After um, you've gone through an experience with a person and you've done the work necessary in that moment and you've now healed that piece, it doesn't matter. How, whatever new package yeah. that thing, that energy shows up, that vibration comes in. You're already like, girl, child, please. All right, you need love, come in. Let me give you a hug and you go sit your tail down. Because you've already done the work, so that's not going to impact you no more. But again, we still have human experiences. We still have to give ourselves grace. We still have to allot ourselves the moment that we, we feel. 
Like we feel no matter, again, no matter how strong a person is on the degree of strength, we feel. So in the fact that you feel and it's real, you're gonna have some moments. Now, some people may may take a sip of a, of a spirit. Some person may sit there and cuss your tail out. Some person may go on to create a post. Some person may sit there and give you a one piece, not even a two piece, because they don't believe you deserve the two piece. They give you a one piece and that's it. Or they give you a piece of hot steel. There, it it ranges on the response. But some people may just like, I ain't paying that. You know, I'm I'm a I'm gonna do a cow gone, take me away. Yes, I know that dated my age, child, whatever. Get a bad bomb from Lush is the same exact thing. The point of the matter is there's multiple things that show up when those things happen because we're still human. We still feel because we work through stuff that does not mean we still don't feel because we work through the fact that we were in a relationship that our trust was betrayed and we were hurt. And then that relationship came to an end. And when distrust shows up in another relationship, even though we've done the healing and we know how to disengage from that, that does not mean the action still doesn't affect us. It does. It just means how we engage it and show up is going to possibly be different, but it still affects because we're human. Somehow we're not bored. And because we sat there and went through a scenario and we've done the work to heal from that thing, now there's a robotic part that has now assimilated to our body. That's not how humanity and humanists and working this spiritual journey works. It's still going to hurt. It's still going to hurt. It, it doesn't disappear. It just means that we have we have to navigate this thing the best way possible to be our authentic selves. And that's not always the easiest thing, but it's what we have to do. <coughs> You're right away. Give me a little sip of water. I do. Um, I was getting ready to say something. But you're right. And this doesn't even apply to this person because they're removed from our group, all of that. This actually applies to every situation in the sense of, and this is what somebody told me, you're moving in a way that's so profound and so different from a lot of people. And that is what's causing some of the frictions and stuff with the relationships because I am evolving. I am in a constant state of transition and everything. Um, and so even with the friendship and stuff, you know, my friend, people are so used to me giving so much. And that's where audacity started, the, the word started resonating because why the f do you think I'm supposed to be the only one to do that? I can't. When people say, well, oh, well, you can't be everything for everybody. Literally, Dreamy possibly could. 90% of the time. The fact that that doesn't work for me is not because I can't strive to be all of that because I am I'm dream. I am the dream guy. I'm the dream friend. I'm the person, especially as a Capricorn, we strive to be all of that. The imbalance of that comes from the fact of I have basically, um, what's the term I'm looking for? I've coddled you or put you in a place that's hindering to you. And that initially is screwing up everything in my purpose, in my heart. I never want somebody to be completely dependent on me. I never want somebody to feel like that they need me or they can do this, this and that. And so I had to reprogram or relearn or really start doing things a little bit different. And it, it, it's working. It's working. And that's the growth for myself in, in that pain. I speak profoundly about 
submission, sacrifice, obedience on all of that, losing your power or giving up your power to regain your power in the way that it's supposed to function. And it ain't easy. Let me tell you, child, I've been sitting here like, oh my fucking God, you know, that's how I was at first. Now I feel so free. I really do because at the end of the day, it's like, and you talking about, oh, hug and all that. One thing's for certain, one thing's for sure. I'm all about letting things go and shit like that. But um, if you lose my support and affection and all of that, it's for a reason, not for a season. I will treat you in the caliber as a human being and how the gods and goddesses divine, but you ain't getting no goddamn hug for me. <laughs> no. Because you could have got that if you would have did what you were supposed to do. I will give you love. And I, and I have I have to say that because, you know, I'm, I'm still processing my stuff and everything like that. I still love everybody that I feel like have hurt me. Uh, and the ones that I'm allowed, I, I have that opportunity to build that relationship. It's beautiful. It's great. That's who I that's how you know who's your real friend or who really loves you. But the other person, baby, you can't ask me for a drink of motherfucking water. Now, the heart that I have, because I'm not in a, a, a evil person, I'll send somebody else for you. And that's the true compassion. And what I tell people a lot of times, they don't understand the caliber of my love, of, of being a being, as I say, of order. Like I am governed under order. Which means whatever I have to do to protect the interests of everybody, I understand that I make that choice. But at the end of the day, my love is so great that as frustrated I am with you or as much as I feel like that you've done something and I will still find some way to support you. And that's hard. That's the honest thing about being a loving person is, you know, and I just said this the other day, I was like, damn, I, I always used to sit with, God and goddess and all of that and ask, why the hell did you make me such a forgiving <laughs> and loving person? But it's, it's situations like this that is clarification because any other person wouldn't have handled it like this. Their lives would be so ruined, all of that, but I'm fine. I still got my job. I still have everything. I still have all of that. I ain't lost my damn mind, none of that. I'm still functioning. Everything is still good. And it takes a person who's going through healing, who's who's sitting and having these constructive conversations with the beautiful and extraordinary um, Minister Jermaine um, and having that reflective moment. You can't do everything by your damn self. Sometimes it's meant for you to go through things with people. Sometimes it's meant for you to, uh, to get hurt. And then it's sometimes it's meant for you to allow somebody in to heal and work through that. And that is the place that I'm at. I want to be great. And if great requires me to go through these things, then by all means, damn it, give it to me. Give it to no, you hard. No, I'm just playing. Side note, you guys. Um, I've just been vocally saying this. I have not had any sexual anything in a while. So if sometimes my stuff comes out a different way, I'm working through, especially being a being of sensuality and stuff, and I'm quitting smoking too. My emotions are a little bit out of this. But nevertheless, Jermaine. <laughs> so you 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 touched on something that for me I have I I find myself asking that at these these pivotal moments why am i such an unforgiving person and for me the the universe has always said because that's what you were made to be and i'm like what the hell is that that don't mm -hmm. make no sense i want to cuss and cut out i want to sit there and then it was like 
but you've already told them what you need to tell them in the midst of your hurt being bold and being very tactless and just being honest. But now three seconds, like a couple of days later, you're over it. Hell, sometimes an hour later, you're over it. After you done finished the text message, you're over it. So it becomes, that's what you were, I've even said to a couple of people who are uh, stereotypical signs, Scorpios normally hold grudges, stereotypically. Um, in their primalness, yes. but the thing is, oh, if you evolve yeah. past your primal, you become something other. So everyone has the ability to be hybrid. So I asked a Scorpio, I know, how do you hold grudges? I have two Scorpio si sisters that are just amazing. I was like, how do you hold a grudge? And it's like, what? What type of stupidness is that? I was like, I'm curious because I've never been able to do that. I have not been equipped with that understanding because I let stuff go so quickly. Now, yes, in that moment, I'm gonna say some stuff. I'm gonna tell you some stuff. And then after that, I'm like, you want something to eat? No? You mad? Oh, okay, so you processing what I said. All right, so I'll talk to you later. And they was like, Jermaine, uh, you just do it. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So it becomes, and I always come back every every time there's something that I've deemed life-changing in my life, that there's possibly a grieving of a, a relationship that no longer is ap appliable and it increases where I am, I go through that process of, why am I such a forgiving person? And then it always comes back to, you were created that, for that. Because sometimes people need to see the example of what that looked like. And forgiveness is not always a goddamn rainbow. Forgiveness may be Hurricane Katrina or Hurricane yourself as you are going through that process. Forgiveness does not always, there's no cookie cut out way to forgiveness. But it's what then happens after that's the truth of the forgiveness, the sincerity of the forgiveness. I love you so much. We are, I don't, you know, I need to see if you're like my twin flame or whatever like that. I'm trying, I'm working on some spiritual things because you, you really embody everything. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, don't get me wrong. I walk between light and dark. So there are some times where it's like, if I need to be non-forgiving, I, I, I can do that a little bit, but I am, I, you literally said what I have always said before in my past. I'm now at the point where it's like, if that's what it's meant to be goddess, if that's what it's meant to be, you know, if I'm, I'm, I accept that. But I always, for myself, was always forgiving. And the clarity and the, I would literally have a voice that says, because you're needed. Do you not see the world? Do you not see how people function? And so many people are just like, wow, you're just so you know, loving and so nice and kind. And I said, honey, no, there's a difference. I had to say that when I was in California, when somebody was like, oh, you need to stop being so kind. I said, honey, there's a difference. <laughs> um, don't cross me. I, I, I'm kind because there's no reason to be fucking me. That's the thing that I don't understand about people. Like, you can be a boss. You can be, you know, a king. You can be a queen. You don't have to be a vicious fucking person to do that. I do believe sometimes and you get what the, you deserve or if you put that energy out. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be a person that sleeps around. You don't have to be a person that cheats. You don't have to be a liar. You don't have to be any of those things. You choose to do that for whatever reason that you do that audaciously 
or if you're a person that holds yourself accountable in the fact of your healing and stuff, I accept that. But you make a choice. For some of us, like myself, I am who I'm created to be. And that is, and there is so much more um, reciprocity or just from people that receive who I am that makes it all worth it. There are times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm just so tired of this shit. Like I wish, and then boom, I'll have a client or I have a person or a student that I sit down and have a conversation or they speak things. And it's like, that's why, that's why I am. Because people need that. They need, we are black people, gay people. I just literally had a conversation, Jermaine. Oh my God, I wish you should have been there because you could have said so much more. But this guy, this heteros, I don't know. I, I, I use the term loosely gay, heterosexual, because in gender nonconformity or things like that, I don't like labels because for me, if the energy draw, and I'm just like this, and gay and straight people are both like, oh, ew, whatever. No, I am a human being. I am an energy. So if it calls for me in this point in life, in this point in time, in this, in this space, for me to fall in love with you and be with you, or for me to to connect as a friend or for me to build a creative family, I'm open for that. I am not going to deny myself love at any cost. The question is understanding what's real love and what's not and who's a friend and who's not. And that's a learning process with anybody. You're not going to always recognize who's for you and who's not. But for me, when I have this conversation with this guy, you know, I'm associating it back to audacity. We always have these deep conversations. Mind you, I think he's cute as shit. But I'm, uh, once again, I'm not that type of person. Like, I will give people their kudos without wanting anything from it. Um, I just like to be expressive in that. I'm a very expressive man when it comes to you're cute, you're beautiful, all of this. I want you to know that because you deserve that, um, in my opinion. But he asked this question about, of course, everybody asked about why does it seem like the LGBT? And I said, you tried it. You know the damn fucking letters and stuff, bro. Like, and he's laughing, but I'm like, yeah, like, he goes into this whole conversation about why is it so forced? And I listen. Ooh, I, I let I him say been. everything he wanted to say from the I open, the open, what'd you say? I know, just thinking that, and I'm like, but I was needed at that space and time because he received everything that I said. But what he was saying was he going on to the sexuality, the openness, the forcing down people's throat and everything. And I said, are you, are you ready for me to speak? And he said, go ahead. I said, it's interesting that black people have this underlining homophobia or this, this lack of understanding of affection or love when it comes to the LGBT community because white people that are racist feel the exact same way. I went even deeper into a historical context and say everything is repeated. There was a time when LGBT relationships weren't LGBT relationships. There were people in love. You have kings, African kings, who had spouses that were men. You had women. You had all of that. Of course, when someone takes power historically, they wash anything or remove anything that they don't want. So it's not that something's shoving down anyone's throat. Everybody should have an opportunity to see their life reflected because they're a part of this fucking society. People need to stop worrying about what somebody else is doing and focus on their self. Like, if you don't care about gayness or you're not, then that shouldn't matter to you. I do believe 
<clears throat> and this was the other part that I said to him. I am the person that is like, if I'm watching something for entertainment and there's too much public affection, <coughs> ooh, I'm not drinking enough water. That is an issue for me because I'm not watching it to sit here and watch somebody tongue each other down. Is it me worrying about are they gay or straight? No. You know, it's a part of something I'm viewing or even if it's in real life, they deserve every opportunity to show their affection. If I have an issue with that, I walk the fuck away. Bottom line, if you don't like what's being sent, shown or if you don't, if that's not you, then leave. And that's the situation with everything in this conversation of audacity and accountability is you have a choice with most things that, uh, that revolve around your life and your actions. You do not have to treat people the way that you do. You choose to do that for whatever screwed up reason that is. So you must take accountability in your actions or suffer the consequences in life. That's your choice. Um, but yeah, I, and I'm getting ready um, for you to respond, but I had that conversation and that was for me when I first, he started saying that, of course I have reports with people and I love, like I told him, I said, I like having conversations like that. I'm not the type of person to say, oh, why you said this is that? I'm like, let's talk about it. Let me inform you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you go ahead, Jermaine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think those are uh, conversations that always need to happen. And I think, I think it's- Teachable moments. The universe requires that to help a society to heal and change, which is why there are key individuals who are the things that are outside of what its norm in this sense of being an absolute forgiving person from this very agopic love space is out of the norm because we see so much unforgiveness and we see such vengefulness. To create, to, to right. have a dialogue of the spectrum of sexuality from a historical cultural context as well as a metaphysical place it's outside of the norm because we've allowed ourselves to be trapped into this place where we do not embrace love. We do not embrace intimacy. We do not embrace a connectivity between humans that exactly. have nothing to do about boom, 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 shake the room, about to tear up a bed and, and, or a sofa or a counter space. That's, that somehow we disconnected from love intimacy and all we see is the actual bedroom or the, the kitchen counter or the living room sofa over the fact that there's something greater. There's something that's coupled with it that allows people to exist. But we, we, we struggle around seeing that. And for a set of individuals who have already had so much taken from them and so much force fed to them, there's a requirement to be 
spiritually anorexic to pour out of the things that we that have become cancerous to us that we can't love a sibling in our family members or a sibling in community because of the stuff we were force fed exactly and real quick before you continue on the interesting thing about these conversations and this is why I'm so open about non-binary and things like that. Not because alone is who I am, because most of the encounters I get are from men or people that are curious or I can see their energy. The interesting thing about this conversation is this person is somebody that I naturally are vibing with. My natural resonance of sensuality moves and opens people up. I'm, I'm a cute, attractive, androgynous guy. So for me, it's like, what is between us is a natural openness, not saying that something is going to happen, but there's a reason why this person is around me. And so when people say stuff like that, the first thing in my mind is when you say shove down your throat, what you're actually speaking is you would prefer things to be because he spoke about the 80s when things were undercover and not open. So what you what I'm picking up on is you would prefer it to not be public. You would prefer nobody to know. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, your image or your role, you don't want it to be questioned or put out there. And that's a problem for me because it's like, who gives a fuck? I've always been like that. Like, I'm not the type, and I have had so many back and forth with people. I am not outing anyone. That's the life that you have to deal with. I'm not that type of person. I'm not, I'm a private person, but I'm not a DL discreet person. For me, I, I don't want to be constrained or restricted in any manner. But I'm also not going to sit here. And that's why I've never, for all the girls and all of that, both, um, I forgot the damn name, but straight women and whatever that chooses to be in relationships with people like that, you know, I always tell people, you have to make better choices for the relationships you get into, whether that's an entanglement or not. Because this is the person that not only is not supporting you and who you are as a human being, as a part of society, but they don't even know themselves. I, in my mind, am like, why would I be in a relationship with somebody like that? That's just, I've always been like that. I've always been like that. Like, I don't mind supporting you or loving you because that's the conversation we just had. I am a very forgiving person. But I'm also a person that's like, I'm going to uphold you or have these conversations with you privately on who you are. But it's not my job to call people out. It's not my job to do all that. That's not my responsibility to make you a person that clearly you don't want to freaking be. That's too much stress and too much exhaustion. But I did let him know it's the same. The LGBT issue should not be any different than the Black issues. It should be one and the same. That always irritates me that people feel like, you know, Black should go before being gay or whatever. When it's the same thing. You're putting down or ostracizing people from your own community because of their sexuality. Like, white people ain't doing the same damn thing to you. Until we all recognize freedom in the same context, it's never going to change. It don't matter who the fuck is in office. Until you really start realizing that the color of your skin and my sexuality are both targeted. So true. It's not going to hey, change. So, 
No, 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 no. But and it, I didn't is, you know, because that, that, that's still connected to accountability and audacity because it's still about taking a, 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 a risk. It's still centered around being obligated to one's own and being obligated and accepting one's own actions. So when a person says that the gay thing, the gay agenda is forcing down my throat, I love those conversations because my thing becomes, and let's become a church state where we suppress all forms of sexuality. So the bad part about that is then this okay, pushback I, comes, but, I, I, but, but it says, no, 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 sugar. No, no. If we're going to go exactly. forward, let's not do that with me of all people. But if we want to go there, it says you ain't supposed to do nothing until, until holy matrimony. So, so that means all this skipping uh, you do with your boo thing in high school, girl, uh-uh, we're going to stop that. So if we're going to repress PDA, if we're going to uh, stifle sexuality, then stifle all sexuality. That means on them stories, as the world turns and guiding lights, so as the world is turning and we see people being intimate, let's stop that. As guiding light is showing the possibilities for intimacy, let's turn that off. But if you're not willing to do that, then shut up. Because then let's have a then let's exactly. have a church state where all forms of intimacy, all forms of sexuality, all forms of affection are shut down. Even though that's a contradiction within itself, because there's Christian erotica, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother point. So it becomes, you know, you know oh my God. Solomon. But you know, the the the, the whole context of there's a book I read called Dangerous Liaison some years ago for part of my uh, 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 clergy studies, and it speaks about who enters the room first. And it's, 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 it's connected to privilege. So if I, if I am a black person, if I am male, if I am a person of stats, I have uh, of HIV status, I am a person of fluidity in my sexuality. And I'm all these things. When I enter the room, what do I want? To, who enters the room first? And that becomes the judgment of an individual when it comes to them being accountable to the fullness of who they are. Do they departmentalize themselves and say only this enters the room? That becomes the naturalness, it's like code switching, the naturalness of what we bring into the room. But the wild thing is, even though it's natural, oh, I'm male when I enter the room because that's the dominating privilege. Oh, I'm black in the room because that's the dominating privilege. I'm same gender love them because that's the dominating privilege. I am HIV positive, that's the dominating privilege. When those moments happen, we have now literally have not taken the risk of being our full selves because we've determined within ourselves, this is more important than the other pieces. So then the stuff that people have done to us, we have now done to ourselves in the moment where we can't pull our full selves into the room. But the gag is if we all pulled our full selves into the room, there'd be a whole lot of different conversations. But, but wow. there's complexity in that because you're, it becomes, you're right. You're right. can I be audacious enough to be that full person in the room? And full does not mean I have to come through with rainbows and every flag of every identity and, and flag. No, the audacity to take the risk 
to be your full self is when you enter the room as a full being, you didn't determine that I want to move in my privilege, but I want to move in authenticity. Then when a conversation pops up that begins to hurt, a conversation begins to pop up or energy or vibrations begin to emanate from the room that becomes oppressive and unloving and destructive. Then you being your audacious self, you then speak to that. You, as they say, speak truth to power. That means that you have relinquished all of the privilege that's in the room. So if it's a room of males all in the room, cisgendered males or male identified people in the room and, or, and there's a couple of women and a speckle, like the salt bay, there's only a speckle, and you walk in the room as a woman, or you walk in the room as a male, you then relinquish that privilege of maleness, and then you come as your full self, because your full self says, sexism is not cute, we're not going to do that in this space. We're not going to oppress. So when the conversations happen, that's when the truth of you taking the real risk to be audacious enough to be your authentic self, to be like, nah, we're not going to do that here. Is that easy? Hell no. Hell no, because again, the, the naturalness is to, let, let, me, let, let me just be this in this room, because that's, that, that, that's what the room, that's what's being caught for in the room. Or that's what I interpret that the room is asking me to be in the room. But no, 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 no. When you look into the mirror, it's your full self looking at you and looking back. So when you enter a room and you're in a room of mirrors, be your full self because you looking back, looking back at yourself is the power of you reinforcing that you are a whole perfect being that deserves to be at peace, deserves to be loved, deserves to be able to exist without the fear of anything. That means you deserve safety as your authentic self because you've entered the room with other mirrors. Be that full self because someone needs to see it. And sometimes you may be the only one, but then the gag is once you be your authentic self in the room of a determined privilege, you then plant seeds that begin to grow in unique ways that shift over time. Because again, seeds grow with manure. And for folks that don't know what manure is, it's shit. It's from some animal that has a certain form of nourishment that they pit on top of a, a seed, <laughs> cag, a seed within the totality of everything that's going to come out. So that yes. means that seeds we put into a person, we plant into a person the totality of what's already there. So if it's the awareness of unconditional love and the seed is being planted, then in the seed, the husk will begin to break down because of the manure and the right sunlight and the right water. And then out of that seed comes the budding of an awareness of totality of unconditional love and not just unconditional love from a Christian perspective, Shondo Jondo. No, but an authentic of unconditional love that transcends religious understanding, that transcends everything. So that means that Christian that you planted that seed of unconditional love in or that male that you planted the seed of unconditional love, that means when they see women that it's a struggle for them to be sexist. That means when they see a person of a different spiritual path. They don't need to go to, oh, that's the devil. They, they will find a way to engage because love pulls us together to connect. Love draws us together to be one with each other. Love is not something that was created for us to be separated. That shenanigans, buffoonery, and 
Love makes us come into a place that we want everyone to have safety. Love makes us allow to create safety in an environment that everyone can flourish in love because true love makes want everybody to win. There is no, there, there are no losers. There are no losers when we operate exactly, in unconditional exactly. love. And I understand for Christians, unconditional love is this huge ass thing that is so beyond our limitations. But the gag is because it's something so far that we see out of our reach, it's a goal that we strive for. Every day that we wake up and we're giving cold, cold quote unquote, grace and mercy. Every day, then that's the thing we strive for. But what happens? We become comfortable in the fake place that we, a privilege comes up. And we exist in that. But if we dare sit there and keep striving for the goal of unconditional love and existing, then there will be safety for everybody. Everybody will be able to be them full selves. And we will truly have a damn rainbow every time we walk into the street. Not a rainbow that's connected to the myriad of LGBT or people of letter experience, but a rainbow that people are their full dynamic selves 24-7. That means all the lights and all the illuminations that can flow from a person's identity then will shine out. That means every person will be a rainbow unto themselves because not every straight person is X, Y, and Z. There's nuances to that straight male that they may like to be fashionable. They may like to be superly groomed. But then within them, that acceptance of their total identity, they create a rainbow that then shines within a room and allows somebody else that has a similar to shine to like, oh my God, I found somebody else in the room that looks just like me. And the room allows for safety for that to happen. The room allows, because why love is being present. Love creates space for everybody. Love makes sure that we all get to the mountaintop or we all get to the valley low, but we're all okay in both spaces. And it doesn't mean that one is broken and one is fixed. It means we win in both spaces because even in the midst of what we deem evil, if love is present in the room of the most hated people, hate begins to shift because love is present. Love is truly the greatest energy on the planet, but it means engaging it. Yeah, okay, so that, let, me, let me come up that thing. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Go stop right now. Go, go ahead, Kareem. Go, go. <laughs> I just love you so much. And that's why I just, I just sit here and listen, but um, we're going to bring this to an end and actually invite Minister Jermaine for the second part. We're going to make this a two-part and get into the disrespect and so because i feel like this conversation needs to continue on there's so much energy and so much wisdom that you bring and balance yes. this conversation and so we're gonna do a part two but i appreciate everything that you said and that's the true thing about love that a lot of people don't understand and walk through and really understand especially when it comes to me and i always tell people my love is so powerful and so great um but this conversation of the audacity of accountability is really processing, really healing, really understanding your place and really growing in that, especially for me and my transparency. And so I really I loved having you a part of this conversation because you were able to give a different insight and able to bring it around and balance and flow in this conversation. Um, and I'm loving to continue this. Um, but for me, in my path and in these last situations with friendship, with love, with all of that, 
it was really going through the pain of being an accountable person, being a good person, being all of that. It was stressing me the hell out. And I was like, I need a break. I need to shut down. I need to step away to be a person, as you said, where the weight of the world is on me. I took a break. I, I stepped out. The, the world was still there, but I shifted the weight. And so for me, I took a break. I healed. I took time off and everything. Of course, everybody missed me and I came back. But it gave me this power, this healing, this re rejuvenation, this I fixed my crown as my one of my as I call it, board of directors. And I'll get in a conversation on one of my other episodes about building a board of directors of people that are invested in the product that is you. And one of my mentors, you know, I broke down crying at work one time and she said, it's all right, let it go, fix your crown and get back to work. And so with this ending, I tell everyone, understanding the audacity of accountability and holding yourself accountable and how you play a part in the herd, whether it's received or given, um, at the end of this, know that love, healing, peace, balance are all important things in your life for you to be the best person that you can be. I want everybody that's listening to walk in a state of healing, walk in a state of accountability. We're all being responsible. So I try not to use the responsibility or you should be being responsible. If you're not, that's a whole other conversation. But accountability is a big thing for me because instead of always pointing the blame at someone else, even though it probably more than likely is them, what part did you play to allow them their audacity and your audacity to combine to even allowing these things to go on? We have to do better with understanding our, our, our positions in these entanglements or these situations or these phony friendships or these real friendships. It takes a lot. It really takes a lot to love tremendously. But this is the choice that you made. So you have to hold yourself accountable. Um, any last words, Reverend? <laughs> so uh, I know you have to take the risk to be uh, to accept your actions. Take every day, every night. Take the risk mm -hmm. to accept your actions, and then things will start to change because you'll see yourself differently. Because the moment you dare to take the risk to judge yourself, to accept yourself but then you accept your role in scenarios, there's a, there's a lightning of the weight that we carry. And we have the ability to do that every day. Every day we about to, we about to lay down and go to sleep. Yes, yes. Every morning we wake up before we hit our feet to the floor. We have the ability, and all the time in between in our dreams, we have the ability to take the risk to accept our behavior and our roles and things. And just love, give yourself grace. So you messed up, so you cussed the scun out, so you sat there and DM somebody's man. Okay, that's messed up. But take responsibility and then take the yeah. risk to create healing. So yeah, that's, that's my closing Exactly. Well, thank you for being here. For everyone, please tune in to Reverend um, DMR Green. Please go ahead and mention your activity that's going okay, on. Okay, so this month we have an amazing, uh, amazing siblings coming through with as of the communities of trans experience. So instead of just doing T door 
Trans Day of Remembrance. We're doing trans awareness for the whole month. The last week we kicked off our event with um, women of trans experience. This week we have men of trans experience and they're going to get into some real deep conversation and topics. Please come join. Uh, it's on Facebook at UFC NYC. You, a, you ain't got to join the church, but you can just watch the, the actual content because the content ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. It's about us seeing people as human and to humanize a set of people we need to hear from them and not theorize them from somebody else and then the following week we have an amazing panel of individuals who identify as gender fluid gender non-binary uh androgynous uh, <laughs> two-spirited yeah. and etc we have an amazing panel of an amazing moderator for that, which is is gonna be another amazing. Then the final week we have a conversation with allyship. What does that look like? And, and, and allyship don't need to be determined by the people who allegedly are allies. Co-conspiratorship should not be determined by the person who says that's what they are. It should be the community that you're becoming a part of and engaging and standing with, they get to dictate what that resume looks like. You don't go to a job interview and tell them what the job requires and what they're going to get. No, they give you a description of the task and responsibility. And if you are willing to do it, you put your resume in and you go through the interview process. And we may do a bonus week centered around love, but I don't, I, we got to see how that works out. But yeah, at UFC NYC. Thanks. Check him out, everyone. He is an extraordinary, wonderful person doing amazing things. I am Creamy Dreamy. The Phoenix Dream is my podcast. Check me out on Bego. My name on Bego is Dreamy Host. I am part of the tribe of Ashe, a family full of spiritual people. I'm doing things on there. I have my late night Creamy Dreamy shows where I get lit and have all type of conversations. I do many things from dream uh, interpretations, tarot reading, spiritual advising, all of that. I also professionally do things as far as effective communications. I do a lot of phenomenal things and I would love for you to be a part of that. Check me out on Instagram. I am the Phoenix God. Um, uh, and just, yeah, my Facebook, please check me out on there. I have two of them. Um, I'm not using the other one, but the one I'm using now, I have my business page is The Dream Witch. Um, and then my Facebook is Phoenix Rises. Please check me out. Um, and as I always end this, au revoir, ciao bella, adios, assalamu alaikum, peace and abundant blessings. And always remember, you have the power to manifest, create, and change your fate. So why wait tomorrow, what you can do today? Later. Have a great day. Thank you, Jermaine.